8 p.m. on the East Coast, live from Studio 6B. On a Wednesday night, Slick Rick's here, gonna do some sports. Rick Delgado's gonna do the news. Aaron and Fran holding it down, as always. Glad you're part of the show. Hope you had a good day, everybody. So, Rick, how are you? How was Fantastic, your day? Fantastic, Big D. Good day today, as always. Thank you. Very good, very good. Mr. Delgado, uh, how are you? I am good. Thank you very much. Had a, had a very interesting afternoon doing some news prep. Mm. <laughs> do, I want, do I want to know what that means? Oh, well, let's just say, uh, you know, you've, you've heard the term unicorn. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, very good. Unicorn. We'll uh, talk about that later. Yes. Um, so, uh, you know the old joke, two communists walk into a bar. <laughs> Here, that's what you had today. Um, as Biden and G back together. Again. Here, here they are walking. Walk, <laughs> here they are walking together. Just oh, add, you can just add this to the hours and hours that they spent on the plateaus of the. Listen, uh... <laughs> yeah. listen to the uh, listen to the press here as they get a little closer. <laughs> I love this. Okay, we are moving. We are moving. We are moving, guys. Okay, we are moving. Now listen. We are moving. Everybody's got to go. Everybody's got to go. Guys, we're going back this way. Everybody's up and moving. How did it go, Mr. President? President Biden, how are talks going? Everybody's up and moving. Breathe, breathe. Are you getting what you want? Did you hear that? Did you hear the last one? No, I can't. Listen. Biden, how are talks going? Everybody's up and moving. Breathe, breathe. Are you getting what you want? Are you getting what you want? Yeah, yeah, sure. How are talks going, Joe? Are you getting what you want? Is that what they said? Well, let me. Uh, well, why, why can't you hear it? I can't hear a damn thing. <laughs> oh, you and your ears again. I know this guy. It's unbelievable. Not me. Oh no, no, it's not. I got an eerie feeling about Delgado. It's the technology. Blame it's the, the technology. technology. Sure. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Now it actually could be technology tonight. Oh, okay. That's a good point. We had a big day here at the studio. Um, are you getting what you want? They say to him, as if that's remotely possible. Remotely possible. How would he be getting what he wants? What do you want? The poo-poo platter? <laughs> <laughs> one from column A, one from column B. <laughs> from the communist dictator. It's hard to tell the two. It's hard to tell them apart which one is the communist dictator. Well, they both are. Are you getting what you want? Let me answer that for you. Well, no, no, he's not. He's not getting anything but pushed around, I'm sure. Laughed at, I'm sure. Are you getting what you want? It, 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 maybe he's relaying a message from Hunter. You know, maybe he's just checking to see if that uh, that check was coming through, that money was being sent. Mm. Um, Could be. And by the way, we know what he wants. He's told us for years, right? He wants China to be on the rise. They're not bad folks, folks. The idea that they're our competition. Remember all this? Yeah. So actually, the answer might be yes, he is getting what he wants. And of course, what he wants is to, um, you know, continue to cave. 2G here in, while he's in San Francisco. It's amazing how San Francisco looks. Here comes G into town, and here's all these Chinese flags on the street. Yeah. Not an American flag to be found. <laughs> I mean, what, 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 what are we doing? I mean, it's just unbelievable. Well, what, the, but are you getting what you want? They're, they're paying the, their master. The press. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, who was it that pointed out? I think it was um, Somebody over at the American Spectator pointed out yesterday that G and Biden are going to resolve nothing in San Francisco. Nothing. <laughs> Their relationship. Don't don't get fooled by the press into thinking that there's something important going on here. But G's and Biden's um, 
relationship and, and uh, the country's relationship have done nothing but get worse since this idiot took over. And he's not getting anything. No, he's subservient. If anything, he's subservient. He's the uh, he's what you call the uh, oh I can't use that word. Uh, but he's his uh, you know what starts with a B. Um, yeah, that, it's basically it. I mean, we all know it. I mean, we see it. You can tell. We we know what he's got on him. All that money being laundered through the twenty shell companies. You know what's going to happen. It's going to come out eventually. That is, it's it's way more than just a few hundred grand here or there. Um, more of this stuff is just going to continue to leak out. And once it does, you're going to see. Oh, that's right. That's that's why China has all our stuff. That's right. Because the Clinton started, you know, with the with the whole transfer of uh, technology way back in the nineties, um, and just continued that gravy train because hey, it pays well, and they can hide it. So, anyhow, that's my thought on it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, it's just, it's just a ridiculous question. I don't even know who it was. It doesn't even matter. But the idea that somebody would say, uh, are you getting what you want? When this administration has done nothing but show capitulation. I mean, I mean, gruesome Newsom's over there a, couple, a month or so ago over in China. Janet Yellen's going over there. Gina Raimondo's over there. They're all, oh, yes, bowing, whatever. Whatever you want, President Xi. How, yeah. where, where is the plateau where you and Joe spent so much time together? <laughs> Can you take us to see it? You know, the Himalayas. <laughs> yes. Take us the- to that Himalayan resort where you two dined together and hung out in the hot tub sharing, sharing <laughs> spinning yarns of, of great things that you've done in your life. That's wonderful. Yeah, and we're supposed to suspect that they're going. He's going to come here to American. So I don't know why he's here, but um, we have gonna, great Chinese food. He's going to come here to San Francisco, <laughs> and, and Biden's going to get get what he wants. Biden doesn't even have a list of what he wants, <laughs> other than for them to not release any of the stuff they have on him and his son. That and pudding. Um, you know what this reminds me of too. When when you hear that, you know you kind of hear. Are you getting what you want? It reminds me of Obama. When he whispered to the uh, to the dude in Russia, uh, let Vladimir know I'll be more flexible after this election. That kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what that reminds me of. Just funny, the press, though. Are you kidding what you want, Mr. President? <laughs> like, they think everything's so rosy. Yeah, sure. Well, the two things. He gave me two <laughs> thumbs up. He gave me two thumbs up, Joe did. Did you take him behind the woodshed like you would in high school? <laughs> treat him treat him like a, a corn pop? Show him, show him what you're made of? Oh, boy. So, anyways, I thought that was kind of amusing. Um, well, the Trump team today uh, in court filed for um, mistrial, seeking a mistrial in what they call a quote-unquote tainted fraud case. Citing the judge's overwhelming bias, Trump argued that the $250 million civil uh, suit against him is tainted by overwhelming bias by the Manhattan judge. Uh, They said in this motion, quote, in this case, the evidence of apparent and actual bias is tangible and overwhelming. Trump's lawyer Clifford Roberts and Alina Haba wrote in papers filed in Manhattan Supreme Court on Wednesday morning just before the 28th day of the trial began today. Quote, such evidence coupled with an unprecedented departure from standard judicial procedure has tainted these proceedings and a mistrial is warranted, the papers continued. Uh, Trump claims the trial has been rife with biased rulings, duh, uh, from Justice Arthur Ernagon and has unfairly included co-judging by the judge's principal law clerk, Allison Greenfield. 
Among, uh, among the judge's allegedly skewed rulings cited in this motion is the partial gag order uh, he issued barring Trump from publicly speaking about his court staff. Gag order was put in place during the second day of the trial after Trump posted a photo of Greenfield with uh, Chuck Schumer. <laughs> Basically claimed that Schumer's girlfriend was running the case, which, as we know, is probably exactly right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, he's known, he's, he's known Chuck Schumer for a long time. He knows a lot about Chuck Schumer, and he probably has people telling him, oh, by the way, that's Chuck's girlfriend on the side. <laughs> so uh, you, you might not want to mention that on TV there, Donald. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Trump was fine. Yeah, right. Uh, Trump was fined a total of 15000 by the judge. He found the ex-president had twice violated the order, which was extended to also bar Trump's lawyers from speaking about the court staff. So, I mean, I don't think anybody thinks that this is going to get a um, get get thrown out. But I would assume that a lot of this is to lay the groundwork for the next. Uh, yeah, for the appeal. For the appeal for the next level of this disaster uh, of what's going on in New York. One of many. Trump alleges both the judge and Greenfield have a history of political bias against him. Well, I mean, not, I mean, they proved that themselves. I mean, they don't. I mean, that they proved that themselves every single day. Uh, the judge sending news articles about the Trump case multiple times in a college alumni newsletter. <laughs> Whoops, and uh, Greenfield making political contributions totaling thirty nine hundred to groups that supported New York Attorney General. Attorney General Letitia James. Uh, the judge allegedly sent articles about the Trump case and an earlier related lawsuit eight times starting on October 2nd of 2020 in the Wheatley School alumni newsletter. The articles were disparaging parties and counsel, including Eric Trump, President Trump, and uh, Attorney Haba, and covering his own decisions the most recent article criticizing Ms. Haba was sent by the judge on September 11th, 10 days before James filed her fraud suit against Trump, the court papers claim. Amy Greenfield has been given unprecedented status and input in the case, the filing claims, including photos of the clerk seated next to the judge during the trial. So they've been, they've been, a, they've been a decent tag team. Yeah. Tagging off one to another. And, and I mean, again, the judge just looks like he just stepped out of Back to the Future. <laughs> yeah, they they left the uh, DeLorean window open and he stuck his head out. Right. Um, you, you know, what's interesting, too, about this is that it seems like the judge, he's sending all these these uh, links to, to news stories to his because he wants to be famous. He wants his people to know, hey, look at what I'm doing. You know, it's not like we couldn't just turn on the TV or pick up the newspaper or, or go online and find a news story and notice his name. No, he's got to send it because he needs to, he needs to be uh, featured in his uh, in his colleges or wherever he was sending it in their newsletter, so they could they could focus on him. Look, look what we've done. We're we're fighting a good fight. Look at our guy. He's out there trying to take take down the man. This guy's a clown. He's a, he's a clown shoe. He's an actual clown shoe. It's amazing. <laughs> clown shoe. Yeah. Um, all right. So lots to do tonight. We'll talk about some other things. We've got some other videos. The FBI director testifying. Biden had a judicial nominee that he put up. Let me just say this. Not the best and our brightest is Biden picking for these uh, judicial nominee positions. And if you remember a couple of the other ones that we've seen. Yes, yeah, the ones that didn't know the Brady rule. <laughs> that's exactly right. 
that was the last one I think that we covered, right? Yeah. Well, today might be even worse. Really? Oh, oh yes. And we have video. We have video. Awesome. Of this. Um, and guess who was the questionnaire? Who, who guess who asked the question? Uh, I'll give you three guesses. Come on, one of our favorites. Uh, um, He's always uh, getting them. Is, is he from the great state of Louisiana? <laughs> be the guy. Oh, I love That'd him. Be the guy. Mr. Kennedy, your time oh, is yes. now. Mr. Kennedy, uh, let me ask you. Mr. Kennedy came prepared <laughs> one him. more time. I don't. I don't know how he figures out these exact questions <laughs> to stump these dummies with. I don't know who's doing his ground. Who's on the ground doing his research? But he always has got the one. <laughs> That uh, they don't they don't seem to have the answer to. This one is really. I, I don't. I mean, it just shows you the level of Biden's uh, whoever's doing their groundwork and bringing these people to him. It's probably based on how radical they are right. more than anything else. But that's the only explanation because it's certainly not their. Uh, <laughs> it's certainly not their firm grasp of judicial uh, understanding. I can tell you that. I don't see it. All right, news and sports just getting started on a Wednesday night. Real America's Voice, live from Studio 6P. We're back after this. B on a Wednesday night. Glad you're in. Well, I saw Nikki Haley kind of, uh, I don't know, would you say she doubled down? Yes. Right? I think she's doubled down on this. And now now today I saw some clip of her from some show talking about uh, Vivek, who now really looking back did did a pretty good job of um, peeling back any any notion that anyone had that Nikki Haley was a serious or, or a candidate for the, our time here. He's really helped peel that back by going after the way he opened in that debate. And he's gotten under her skin here in three debates. And but this one really set her off her rocker because I mean just, just <laughs> set she's her off she, her rocker. <laughs> she has not been able to uh I mean this this whole social media thing is so is so asinine, it's beyond description. Yeah, you know, uh, um when we heard it last night, I was kind of taken aback because I'm like, well, that's kind of the dumbest thing I ever heard. Um, and then I heard it a few more times today and some other people talking about it. And it really does confirm it's the dumbest thing I think I've ever heard yeah. um, from from someone who wants to call themselves a conservative, um, because that is nothing that we stand. I, I mean, has she ever heard of privacy at all in anyone's life? I mean, she's the one who's all up in, you know, she, she got her, 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 her panties in a bunch when he mentioned uh, her daughter being on TikTok. Meanwhile, she wants to expose every single person in this country as a matter of national security. Remember, they always couch it yeah. like they're going to protect you. If we do this, you'll be protected. You can trust us. No, we can't. Um, Elon Musk has even weighed in to that video clip now. Has he? Yeah, he said on next today, that's super messed up. She can, <laughs> she can stop pretending to run for president now. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great that's about yeah. right. And Vivek came back to the, Elon and said, I trust that Raytheon would be willing to open up a seat on their board earlier than planned. <laughs> a lot of people Kaboom. have made, a lot of people have made that, um, 
made that she's not really running for president. She's running for exactly something like that when right. she loses or when she bows out, you know, go to the board of Raytheon or some, you know, some warmongering machine somewhere. Yeah, because because just just hearing her talk about it, and and again, she you know she was on some podcast and talked about it. Oh, we're going to use their driver's license, driver's license. Oh, so you want to collect everybody's personal information? And we'll go through this again. I know we talked about it a little bit last night. Personal information, their name, their address. You're basically opening up the Pandora's box of doxing. So if anybody gets a hold of this, they can find out whatever they want. It, it kind of reminds me of, uh, I don't know if you ever saw the movie. Eh, you probably didn't. Um, uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah, I didn't think so. But at the end, Jay and Silent Bob, they get a printout of everybody online who talked crap about them. And they start going house to house and beating the crap out of them. Which is basically what this sounds like. You know, the government version of we're going to find out who you are, and if we don't like what you say, we're going to come and deal with you. And you got Kathy Hochul talking about the same thing. People are focused on the second part, rightly so, about the people in registering and verifying and names and all this, uh, you know. But the first part's no better. As soon as I'm president, she says, we're going to make all these private companies turn over everything that they've been working on, and right. we're, going to exp- we're going to make them expose their <laughs> algorithms to you. Um. Uh, huh? We're going to what? I mean... Yeah, isn't that kind of protected? <laughs> Especially if it's if it's kind of, you know, if it's central to their business, nobody else knows how to do what they do, which makes them unique. I mean, you're going to pick the winners and losers in the space. You're going you're gonna to throw the weight of your... If, God forbid, you were to hold that position into picking winners and losers of uh, who and why and what they're doing and... I mean, man, that doesn't that doesn't small like uh, that doesn't sound like getting government out of our lives, especially yeah. given everything we've seen the last two years with the weaponization of every alphabet gang there is in this country. Jim Jordan continues to drop, uh, still drop um, threads, long threads on X about all this weaponization, all these interior things that were going on. Obviously, we remember back when the when all those X files were dropped on what was going on between Twitter at the time, and I mean, given all of that. Everything we've seen, all this testimony, and this is what this is her position on the first. And by the way, if this is like the top thing, she says, first thing I'm going to do. Yeah, first thing, day one. You, you watch, watch what, watch me go. I, I mean, this is, and you can't even say, well, you know, she misspoke. This is not misspeaking. This is a very well thought out. Um, plan she has here this is no misspeaking oh i meant oh, no. to say yeah. we weren't going to not that we were going to no. like, it's not like one word I, I said the wrong word i was you know kind of thinking ahead and, and a little excited in the moment um no it's not that this is this is a complete hey i'm a tyrant look at what i want to do <laughs> basically right yeah yeah and and now so today to my point of starting this whole thing is i see her on some other show and now she's She's saying, well, you can't – Vivek attacked Kristen Welker and her because they're women. Oh, is that that thing now? Now it's a sexist thing. So now she's she's playing the the sexist, um, you can't attack us because we're women card. Ah. I'm like, uh, boy, this is 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 not going to bang up two days for her. Is she sure she's a woman? I know that whole debate still going on where people say they can be a woman. I don't know. That's a good question. Is she claiming that? I've seen some pictures of her with uh, Caitlyn Jenner. All right. Well, there you go. And you never see them two in the same place at the same time. Ah. Well, no, I have seen them in the same place. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So 
Mm. But uh, anyways, just crazy stuff. So, all right, let's do some sports. Sports is brought to you by Mike Lindell and MyPillow. Use our code LFS6B at checkout. It'll save you a great 10 to 60% off most items that Lindell has. Uh, Great stuff for the holidays. If you do your shopping there, use our code. Because if you do, send us your receipt. And uh, we will send you free merch for every $100 you spend. You can pick something out um, from our store at livefromstudio6b.com. Just tell us size, selection, and color. We'll send it out uh, absolutely free. Slick Rick, what's going on? All right, Big D, but let's go right to the scoreboard. Let's skip the NBA. We'll go right to the NHL tonight. <laughs> Why are you going to uh, skip that? Well, you know, there's uh, not a lot of action tonight. No? Fly is over the Hurricanes 2 nothing right now. That's at the end of one. We have the Kraken, Kraken and the Oilers, Ducks, Avalanche, Islanders, Canucks, all coming up out west. Light schedule in the uh, NHL tonight. NCAA men's basketball underway. Here we go. Boston College, 46-43 over Richmond. That's in the second. Also in the second, uh, Louisville over Coppin State, 47-29. Ohio State leads Merrimack, 43-31. And uh, we had a final earlier tonight. Virginia Tech beat Campbell uh, 60-44. NBA, you want to shoot over to there? Well, right now the uh, Celtics, 47-36. Over to Sixers in Philly. Battle for first place tonight in the uh, Eastern Conference. Knicks right now trail the Hawks by one on the road in Atlanta, 52-51. The Bucks over the Raptors, 47-34. And just underway, Bulls over the the magic nine to eight and uh, well, I'll get to a couple of quick stories sad news today and this is just a continuing trend former Chiefs wide receiver Devin Wiley dead at 35 Dylan Gwynner right Breitbart ex-NFL wide receiver Devin Wiley died at 35 his family announced on Monday the family did not disclose the cause of death. We wanted to make this post so people who knew and loved Devin could learn of his passing because we don't have the capacity to reach out to everyone in this hard time. The post read, according to ABC 30 in Fresno, there are no words to express the sadness that comes from losing a brother, dear friend, and an amazing uncle. Devin had so much love and joy to give, always making people laugh and entertaining uh, with his football skills, guitar jams, silly jokes, backflip tricks, on and on. Uh, But uh, Wiley, a native of Sacramento, played for Fresno State from 2007 through 2011. Wiley played in six NFL games as a rookie with the Chiefs in 2012 and had six catches, 53 yards, and also 14 kickoffs and punt returns. A little bit more than a cup of coffee, but uh, not a whole lot. However, it's unfortunate to see yet another young athlete has passed away. Hey, I'm not you know, saying it is. You know, we, It is an awfully uh, alarming trend, Rick, though, let's be honest. We're seeing a lot of these these guys passing away. Athletes in the you know prime, 35 is not an old guy. So uh, no. I got I know another one, Rick, going to fall in line with what you would like to hear. Female pool player forfeits tournament instead of competing against transgender opponents. Yes. This was the first man to call it, and he was right on the money. And I'll have that story uh, in the next sports segment. All right, which we'll do when we get back right after this. 26 past the hour live from Studio 6B. A little more sports with Slick. And then we'll do news with Rick Delgado when we get back right after this.
Live from Studio 6B, 30 minutes past the hour on a Wednesday night. Glad you're in. Slick Rick's doing sports. Rick Delgado's going to do the news. Uh, lots to talk about here for the rest of the hour and the rest of the show. Got some other videos. Uh, the FBI director was confronted by another one of our favorites today. And uh, we'll get to that because it was very uncomfortable as Clay Higgins took uh, – took direct aim on uh, something very specific about January 6th that uh, I had not heard. Well, I mean, you've heard, but not not addressed this specifically. Uh, so we'll get to that, and we'll get to John Kennedy questioning another one of Biden's judicial nominees that, I mean, well, it might as well have been me in this seat because I think <laughs> I know more than she did. But uh, right now, please welcome back to Live from Studio 6B, the AMAC Action Senior Vice President, Andy Mangione. Andy, how are you? Doing great. How are you guys doing tonight? Very good. Always good to have you on. Wanted to have you back on to talk about some issues from the last time you were on, because I always get questions from the audience when, whenever we have you, whenever we have you on. And and this one revolves around some of the advocacy we talked about last time that you guys were involved with. So let's let's just remind people um, how do you advocate on issues for members of AMEC? Let's just start there. I'm happy to. Uh, we advocate a couple of different ways. Uh, first and foremost, we are constantly analyzing legislation, and if the legislation fits with our mission, well, we're going to go ahead and send uh, support letters up to Capitol Hill and in state legislatures on behalf of our member supporting good legislation as it pertains to AMAC and AMAC Action's mission. We also conduct call to action campaigns. These are primarily email campaigns where we really give our members a huge megaphone to make sure that their voice is heard. And to put this in perspective, this year, our members have left over 750,000 contacts with Congress, U.S. Senate, U.S. House of Representatives, state legislatures, the White House, and we threw in some corporate advocacy as well on a myriad issues healthcare, election integrity, and other issues that pertain to our, our members' concerns. Yeah, and I know you have some new, speaking of corporate advocacy, I know you have some new corporate advocacy that you guys are doing. So number one, tell us about it. And then number two, tell us how something like this comes about. How much, how much work is there to, to strike a deal like this and some of the things you've been putting together? Tell us who it's with and tell us kind of how it came about. Well, we usually focus on federal and state policy issues, but corporate wokeism has led AMAC Action to corporate advocacy. This came about through a partnership with the Free Enterprise Project, which is a, an initiative of the National Center for Public Policy Research to address the wokeism specifically at J.P. Morgan Chase. Here's what they've done. They've denied service to oil companies and firearms manufacturers because these organizations don't align with the bank's leftist policies. It gets even more egregious. The bank took away uh, the bank. Uh, what the bank did in a specific uh, to a, a religious liberty focused nonprofit. Uh, this this specific nonprofit was headed by former U.S. Ambassador Sam Brownback. They closed the account with no explanation. So what the bank is doing is trampling on the freedom of speech rights and the freedom of religion rights of organizations, usually conservative organizations, that don't that they disagree with. So we had to take action. Yeah. And uh, J.P. Morgan's also been in uh, the news lately for um, targeting not only customers, businesses. Uh, they try to exile customers from what we've heard due to religious and political beliefs. So there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, at J.P. Morgan and and probably other banks as well. Citibank, I know, has had some issues too. But there is a lot of this going on at the at these big banks in uh, in the country right now. 
Absolutely. I mentioned that we had to take action. We initiated a five-month-long campaign. We targeted J.P. Morgan Chase's CEO, the CFO, general counsel, investor relations, and other company leaders to call them out on their civil rights-stifling policies. So AMAC members left over 91,700 messages to the C-suites at Chase telling them to adhere to the standards for respecting free speech and religious liberty as scored by the Viewpoint Diversity Business Index. Chase's current workplace score, according to this metric, stands at a measly 9% and has dropped six points this year alone. We're calling them out on it. We're telling them, stop attacking your customers. Why don't you, you know, to use a favorite word of the left, why don't you be a little bit more inclusion? Uh, are used a little bit more inclusive, I should say, when it comes to religious freedom and freedom of speech. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, that's great stuff. I hope you can come back and follow up on on how what what you guys have been doing, how it's going. So, just before I let you go, let everybody know again. We get a lot of questions about AMAC membership every time you're on. What do they receive? What are the costs? Of? So, just take everybody through that one more time. Happy to do so. It costs sixteen dollars to join AMAC. And it covers you and your spouse. You have access to a full uh, menu of benefits that include insurance products, roadside assistance, travel discounts, and we're constantly build out, building out those member benefits. But importantly, you get full-throated conservative advocacy from AMAC Action, which is the leading conservative advocacy organization for Americans who are age 50 plus. Nobody else is doing it for this demographic in terms of advocacy and giving a platform for their voice to be heard like AMAC Action. Check them out online, amac.us forward slash studio 6B. You can go there right now, amac.us forward slash studio 6B. Andy, always great to have you on. Thanks a lot. Thank you. My pleasure. Andy Mangione from uh, AMAC. Check them out, amac.us forward slash studio 6B. All right, let's do some news. News is brought to you by our friends over at 7Cells, 7Cells.com. Use our code LFS6B for 20% off when you check out. Great stuff for your health, for your skin. Uh, I know they have some new stuff coming out that I'm supposed to be receiving, but I still haven't gotten it. But um, check them out, 7Cells.com. Rick Delgado, what's going on in the news today? Right, well... This is kind of a different story coming out of Hollywood, or should I say Miami at this point, as female rapper says she will vote for Trump because she believes you absolutely need guns. Uh, This is coming from rapper Azealia Banks. She said she feels way safer now that she moved to a state where everybody can carry a gun. Uh, she's an American rapper and she believes getting canceled makes you cool and express support for the second amendment during an interview. Uh, the 32-year-old has been uh, known to make some controversial statements and at times feuded with other celebrities, but she explained that the new technocratic class takes over, and as they accrue wealth, it serves as a stark contrast to what the, that wealth will actually be worth in the event of a nuclear fallout or a meteor hitting the Earth. This, she argued, means you absolutely need guns. Uh, I don't know if I, I understand where she's going with that, but okay. Uh, Banks moved from L.A. to Miami in 2021, and she says she feels way safer in a state where everybody can carry a gun. That's because of that. She said she will be voting for Trump in 2024. So there you have it from the uh, from the, uh, the the Hollywood side of things. The, okay. The, the Azealia, Azealia Banks, Azealia you said her Banks. name is? Okay. Yep. Uh, she also had this. Slick Rick, is Azalea Banks on your iPhone uh, playlist? Azalea or Azalea? Azalea? Oh, excuse me. Azalea. Azalea. Azalea, like Azalea. Azalea Banks. Is she on your iPhone playlist? Oh, you can playlist? bank on that, baby. You know it, baby. Yeah, I'm <laughs> right after it. Purple she's Rain, like, you get a little Azalea Banks yeah, on Yeah, she's there? like number seven on my title uh, catalog there. Uh, okay. 
Is she on your playlist? No. Oh, okay. No. Uh, she also had this to say about uh, President Trump. She mentioned him as someone uh, who, as an example, someone who, who does what they want. She says he's just blank and funny. He's been through how many bankruptcies, how many wives, how many TV shows? Seriously, nothing can take him down. Uh, <laughs> she said some other things in this standard article uh, that, uh, you know, let's say let's say you could you could use the uh, term free speech uh, because she used it. She mean, <laughs> she's freewheeling her speech. She's freewheeling with her speech. A lot of F-bombs. And, uh, yeah. oh, she, must have Dana White. She's, he's, she says he's got the biggest... In the world. Okay, fine. fine. <laughs> yeah. So, fine, you know, Azalea. We uh, got we got you. We, we okay. get what you're saying, Azalea Banks. <laughs> we got you. Add her to your playlist. <laughs> yes. Someone in the chat said, Doug Gotta, you got guns, you must work out. I uh, wanna well, know. You, you rides a bike, right? <laughs> I do both. Oh okay. <laughs> yeah. okay. I do both. Hey, uh, you know that uh those uh videos that were released down in Georgia, uh well the judge in the case uh, set up a, an emergency uh, hearing on it and an attorney representing one of the defendants in the Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis election case admitted earlier today to releasing the video footage of several proffer sessions involving the defendants who entered plea agreements. The proffer session is a meeting between the defendant and prosecutors to provide information to the prosecutors. Footage of those attorneys, Kenneth Chesborough, uh, Jenna Ellis, and Sidney Powell became public this week, along with that of co-defendant Scott Hall. In being transparent with the court, they said, and to make sure that nobody else got blamed for what happened, and so that I can sleep well at night, uh, uh, this person told the judge, I did release the videos to one outlet attorney, Jonathan Miller, told Fulton County Superior Court Judge Scott McAfee, according to this story from The Hill. Um <clears throat> And in all candor, I need the court to know this. The, the only reason he's telling the court now is because he's been dragged in front of the court um, <laughs> because they were going to look into it. Uh, prosecutors ultimately filed a request for a protective order on how defendants may disseminate materials from the case. Miller's provision of the footage to the media was not illegal. Miller represents defendant Misty Hampton, one of former President Trump's uh, co 18 co-defendants in the case, stemming from efforts to challenge the 2020 election. So... There you have it. That story also coming from uh, John Solomon's Just the News. Uh, so an interesting twist in that case. Uh, do you want to hear something else? I sure do. Of course sure. you do, because really? I got something else, something that should scare all of us, as the feds have now been uh, shown to keep hidden books on vaccine injuries, according to this report. No Pfizer surprise. has about 1,000 more full-time employees and the CDC doing vaccine surveillance. British, uh, British Medical Journal estimates and the House COVID subcommittee expresses concern as the federal public health agencies are reportedly withholding the most accurate and up-to-date reports of vaccine injuries from the public allegedly to protect privacy. Uh, patients don't necessarily see it that way, and it's not clear uh, the feds, what the feds told Congress. The uh, Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System, also known as VAERS, uh, has a secret back-end privy only to regulators uh, section, an FDA official told advocates of the VAERS uh, reform nearly a year ago. Anything derived from medical records by law cannot be included in the front-end system accessible to the public. So, of course, they set up this back-end system so everybody else can take a look. The public can see initial reports but not corrections or updates, such as formal diagnosis, recovery, or death. And those who filed uh, reports cannot update them through VAERS uh, according to this journalist, Jennifer Black, patients would have to file a FOIA request to see the full record of their own report 
And an FDA spokesperson uh, said doing the investigation of data in- integrity issues uh, dealing with Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine trial article were throttled by Facebook, of course, and the University of Maryland uh, pharmacy professor Peter Dashi is a senior editor there. So a lot more stuff is starting to come out. The journal also estimated that Pfizer has about a thousand more full-time employees. The CDC declined to give uh, any staff numbers, just a range of several dozen to hundreds tasked with vaccine surveillance or on the needs of the immunization safety office, whose last uh, specific figure talked about 70 to 80 workers over a year ago. So the House Oversight Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Pandemic is committed to investigating this, they say, and a spokesperson spokesperson told just the news when asked whether panel members knew of the two-tiered veer system and alleged the staffing shortages so there's a lot of hokey pokey going on basically yeah well they're starting to find it out you know there has been since the day this all started oh yeah all right more sports and news coming up president biden's uh press conference which i heard was a doozy and um a federal judge well somebody who wants to be a federal judge not sure how that's going to work out. We'll get to that video. so many good things to show you. I don't even know which one to do first. Clay Higgins or... Uh... No, let's do this one. So Sarah Hill is a district judge. And Biden has put her up as a nominee. This is a quick one, but it's worth it. And Senator Kennedy was questioning her today. And this is uh, the moment that everybody is, um, well, talking about. The difference between a stay order and an injunction. The difference between a stay order... <laughs> And an injunction. <coughs> now, like she's, she's, all, she's a district judge right now. Right. She's already on the bench. She's already in trouble. <laughs> you can see a face. <laughs> yeah, she's, on the, she's on the bench. She's dealing with these things you would think all the time. She needs to be benched. Yeah, on a fairly regular, you would think on a fairly regular basis. Nah. He leaves, right? Now, he didn't ask her to, quant- <laughs> like, for the quantum, uh, comp- I mean, uh, let's hear it again. The difference between a stay order and an injunction. A stay order and an injunction. Now, how many times do judges deal with either one of those? You would think almost all the time. Right. Well, here's her, here's her answer. Stay order and an injunction. A stay, a stay order would prohibit... Um, sorry. An, an injunction would restrain the parties from taking action. When? A stay order. I'm not sure that I actually can can give you the. Okay. That. Are the you difference kidding? Be- uh-huh. <laughs> You're kidding me. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. She I just sa- played the clip for you. She sounds like she's in sixth grade. If mm-hmm. that. 
Right? Don't, don't talk insult right. the sixth grader. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I saw the show, Are You Smarter wow. Than a Fifth Grader? I don't think she qualifies. Wow. She no. sounds like she has no idea. She's like, huh? Like, like her sounds face like a, she sounds question. uneducated. Yeah. And how, what's her name again? Sarah Hill. Sarah Hill. She's a district court judge looking to be put onto the federal bench oh. by this administration. Line her up. And that was her um that was her response. Let's see. Sarah Hill, nominee. Let's see what she's uh what her career looks like, shall we? Former Cherokee Nation AG. Oh, there you go. All right. So we 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 got a we got a lead as to where this is headed. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, just uh, I don't know. Not our best and brightest being oh put up for these um for these federal judge positions if you can't if you can't answer that question. I mean, I'm trying to compare it to another situation or another, um, like another job that somebody would do and get asked like a question. I mean, that would be like, I don't even know how to compare that to. I mean, that's like basic, <laughs> like judging 101, isn't that? Wouldn't that be like knowing these kind of the difference between these terms? You would think, um, I guess not if you're a, a liberal judge. I don't think it, it falls into your purview of what you, you need to know. Let's see, her career from 2004 to 2015, she served as Deputy Attorney General for the Cherokee Nation. Oh. Uh, let's see, uh, 2015, she was appointed to the Cherokee Nation's first Secretary of Natural Resources. How about uh, brain resources? Got any of those? Mm. Uh, let's see, she was succeeded, blah, blah, blah. She's, she was nominated to district court in October of 20... Oh, that's now. <laughs> 2023. Um yeah, she doesn't seem to have much going. She did get her uh, her undergrad from Northeastern State. Not Northeastern, Northeastern State. So what mm-hmm. the hell is that? I don't know. Um, no and idea. the University of Tulsa is where she got her JD. Okay. Well, maybe they didn't cover gag orders or no. stay orders and um, maybe injunctions. Maybe they didn't cover that. It, it, it's very possible. Maybe she needs to take Miss uh, Mona Lisa Visa, uh, Mona Lisa Vito's class <laughs> yeah. uh, on law. Yes, I saw some people <laughs> post that today again. I thought, actually thought of you. So, oh well, so Biden God. did a press conference, which I'm going to show you a little bit of an hour too. <laughs> Uh, because after a long day with the with his other buddy communist walking around, did you get what you want? <laughs> did you get everything you want, Mr. President? No, no, yeah, yes, he did. <laughs> Extra uh, duck sauce and noodles. He did a pre- <laughs> he did a press conference, which I I guess didn't go very swimmingly, surprisingly. But as he as he walked away from the podium, well, uh, here's he got, what ha- he got lost. Here's what happened. He couldn't couldn't <laughs> resist, no, he didn't get lost. There was only one way for him to go. This is what he got. But uh, this did happen. <laughs> Who can holler the loudest? No, I can't tell you. I won't tell you. Do you feel absolutely confident based on what you know yes. that that is the truth? Yes. And Mr. President, after today, would you still refer to President Xi as a dictator to the term uh, that you used earlier this year? Well, look, he is. I mean, he's a dictator in the sense that he, he is a guy who runs a country that is uh, a communist country that's based on a form of government totally different than ours. Anyway, the most... <laughs> 
His staff has got, I mean, they've just got to be, they've got to be in the back. They've just got to be pulling their hair out with this guy. Oh, God. That's great. After a whole day, you think he's a dictator? He has to, they cannot get him off to, that stage fast enough. They cannot. Of course he's a dictator. Of course he's a dictator. Well, he's running a communist country. What's wrong with that? Yeah, it sounds like an idea. The staff has just got to be, oh, my God. Oh, man. And we just tie a chain to him, and when we yank it, he's got no choice but to come as quickly as we want. Oh, mercy. So... Right, let's do gravy. some. Let's do some sports. Sports is brought to you by Mike Lindell and My Pillow. Uh, Slick Rick, what's going on? All right, well here we go. Female boxer refuses to fight trans opponent in Canadian Championship uh-huh. match. You want to Todd Houston a Breitbart? You know, preeminent theme here. A female boxer in Quebec withdrew from a provincial boxing championship last month after being told without notice that she would have to fight a male-born transgender opponent. Boxer uh, Dr. Katia Bissonette of uh, Saguenay uh, refused to step into the ring with transgender opponent Maya Walmsley uh, during the 2023 provincial golden glove championship which took place october 27th to the 29th according to redux the event hosted uh, in victoriaville quebec by the quebec federation and the ko96 boxing club was held to give novice fighters a shot at qualifying for the canadian championship in december but when bissonette was told of her match she says she was unaware that she was to face a male fighter until an hour before fight time i came down from my hotel room to head towards the room where all boxes were warming up my coach suddenly took me aside and told me he received information by text message, which he had then validated that my opponent was not a woman by birth. We did not have any other additional information, Bissonette told Redux. She added that Walmsley was new to the area, having only moved to Canada from Australia two years ago and had not been seen in the boxing community until that day. Uh, Walmsley would have boxed a man in Australia, Bissonette explains in Quebec, on his file. It is mentioned that he had zero fights as a woman uh, because Bissonette withdrew from the match and no other opponent stepped in to replace her. Walmsley was announced the winner by default after she refused to fight him. Walmsley, who has a recent history of political activism at a local university, began issuing threats about outing him and insisting that it will have grave consequences for the sport. I mean, could you imagine this This, this transgender couldn't just like, you know, gracefully bow out? So uh, good for that young lady. Yeah, and then, definitely. And, and, and that theme continues in another story. I'm going to go right into it. Female pool player forfeits tournament instead of competing against transgender opponent. This is Paul Boy of Breitbart. A female pool player recently forfeited the tournament upon realizing she would be facing off with a transgender opponent, a man who identifies as a woman. Lynn Pinches made it all the way to the finals of the English Pool Association's 2023 Champion of Champions Ladies on Sunday and opted a forfeit in the protest of competing against a transgender named Harriet Haynes, probably formerly known as Harry. A video of the uh, moment shows that Pinches and Harness, uh, Haynes uh, vied to see who would break. Noted that the New York Post, Pinches w- who won and shook hands with Haynes, and, but then walked toward the tournament official and apparently declared a forfeit. You know what, Rick? They're yeah. saying, no, I've had it. Enough of this bananaism. And uh, yeah, that's good to see. I like re- reading those stories because I'm glad to see athletes stepping up and saying enough. Yeah. It's got to stop. All right, live from Studio 6B. Quick hour, one, hour two, coming up. More news, sports, all when we get back right after this.
two live from Studio 6B, Real America's <laughs> Voice on a Wednesday night. Slick Rick's going to do some sports. Rick Delgado's going to do some news. Aaron and Fran holding it down as always. The Sixers are playing tonight in the oh, studio. Oh so yeah. dealing with Slick Rick just yeah. on every, I mean, it's the 11th game of the of the 82-game season. <laughs> and you would think it's game it seven of game. the NBA Finals. I know, I'm terrible. He's already oh. blowing out my ears with the yelling in the mic. Oh, my God, <laughs> it's fan. unbearable, this guy. I know. I'm, I'm a terrible fan. I mean, really you am. should really just be put on an island somewhere by yourself for this when you got the Cowboys and the Sixers playing together. You just can't. I mean, you just can't survive. I just can't imagine being in the same house as you during these these the nights. Oh, my goodness. Imagine it's impossible. That. Oh, my God. It's got to be. It's impossible. Yeah, it's got to be. So. He, he almost sounds like you ever see that State Farm commercial with uh, Bobin uh, Marjovic, the real tall guy? Uh, He's like, no. oh, it's, it's hilarious. He's like, he's trying to be a, an announcer at a game. He's like, he bounces the ball. Oh. He bounces again. He yeah. bounces. That, that's what this guy sounds like. <laughs> it's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> he's bouncing. He's Every bouncing shot the ball. that goes in, hey, that guy's great. That guy comes down, <laughs> misses know. the next one. Ah, oh, he's yeah, terrible. Get him off the team. This guy sucks. <laughs> he, he gets $20 million for two points a game. Get, get him out of here. So do we have any news tonight? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, the Sixers are going to lose this game. Yeah. Um, well, great. Thanks, Delgado. So Biden gave a little bit of a press conference after he was done capitulating, I'm sure, to President Xi. Um, The U.S.-China summit, as the White House is um, affectionately calling it. I doubt it was that. Uh, Here's a little (laughs) bit of uh, what the president talked about. As you know, I just concluded several hours of meetings with President Xi, and I believe they're some of the most constructive and productive discussions we've had. Oh, yeah. I've been meeting with President Xi since both of us were vice president over 10 years ago. Our meetings have always been candid and straightforward. We haven't always agreed, but they've been straightforward. And today, build on the groundwork related with the past several months of high-level diplomacy between our teams, we've made some important progress, I believe. First, I'm pleased to announce that after many years of being on hold, we are restarting cooperation between the United States and PRC on counter-narcotics. In 2019, you may remember, China took action to greatly reduce the amount of fentanyl shipped directly from China to the United States. But in the years since that time, the challenge has evolved from finished fentanyl to fentanyl chemical ingredients and and pill presses, which are being shipped without control. And by the way, some of these pills are being inserted in other drugs like cocaine. A lot of people are dying. More people in the United States between the ages of 18 and 49 die from fentanyl than from guns, car accidents, or any other cause, period. So today, with this new understanding, we're taking action to significantly reduce the flow of precursor chemicals and pill presses. I mean, I mean, just let's just stop it there for a second. I mean, does anybody believe the nonsense that's coming out of this guy's mouth already? That China... Th- just because they're face-to-face is all of a sudden going to be uh, the war on drugs here? Right, oh, please. That they're pushing over our open border through every front group they have? That all of a sudden now we're supposed to believe that this guy's cut some kind of a deal? Well, yeah, they cut the deal. So uh, now instead of shipping it directly from China, they funnel it through Mexico. Yeah. Way to go. Yeah, no, they're really tackling it yeah, with us. you've got it, Joe. I'm sure they are, Joe. Figured them out. From China to the Western Hemisphere. It's going to save lives, and I appreciate President Xi's commitment on this issue. Rock solid. President Xi and I tasked our teams to maintain a policy and law enforcement coordination going forward to make sure it works. I also want to thank the bipartisan congressional delegation to China, led by Leader Schumer, 
in October for supporting efforts, uh, this effort so strongly. It's been a long day Secondly, for Joe. And this is a critically important. We're reassuming military to military contacts, direct contacts. Reassuming As a lot of you press know, follow this. That's been cut off and it's been very worrisome. That's how accidents happen, misunderstandings. So we're back to direct, open, clear, direct communications on a, on a, on a direct basis. I mean, it's so, Vital miscalculations it's so easy, right, folks? When you listen to Joe talk about his relationship here with China, yeah, oh, yeah. it's just so easy. No, uh, Gordon Chang, he's just been way wor he's been worried. Just it's way over the top. He has nothing to worry about here. We've just, you know, because before the, before today and, and Joe, we all should have been worried because that's how accidents happen. But now today, all of a sudden, no problems. We're all worried, you know, not, nothing to see here. Yeah. This is like, you know, I just need a few moments with him every couple years. One, two, three, bam, bada, boom, bop. Put us on the, <laughs> put us on the uh, Himalayan heights there and we're good. <laughs> Everything's good. Nothing to worry about anymore. Either side. <laughs> Can are uh, can cause real real trouble with a what? with yeah. a, uh, a country like China or any other major country, and so I think we're made real progress there as well. And thirdly, sure you have. We're going to get our experts it. together to discuss risk and safety issues associated with artificial intelligence. Oh, yeah. As many of You're you who travel with me around the world, almost everywhere I go, every major leader wants to talk about no, they the impact of artificial intelligence. They don't want to talk to you. These are tangible steps in the right direction to determine what's useful and what's not useful, what's dangerous and what's acceptable. Moreover, there are evidence of cases that, uh, that I've made all along. The United States... <laughs> will continue to compete vigorously with the PRC, but will manage that competition responsibly so it doesn't veer into conflict or accidental conflict. Oh. And where it's possible, right. where our interests are coincide, we're going to work together like we did on fentanyl. That's what the world expects of us. The rest of the world expects, not just in people in China and the United States, but the rest of the world expects that of us. And that's what the United States is going to be doing. <clears throat> Today, President Xi and I also exchanged views on a range of regional and global issues, including Russia's refusal and brutal war to stop the war and brutal war of aggression against Ukraine and, and conflict in Gaza. And as I always do, I raised areas where the United States has concerns about the PRC's actions, including detained and, ex and, uh, and, and exit banned U.S. citizens, human rights and corrective uh, coercive activities in the South China what? Sea. We discussed all three of those things. I gave them names of individuals that we think are being held, and hopefully we can get them released. If you explain those three <laughs> things the way you just explained it, then she has no idea no. what you guys were talking about. Because what the none hell of us are have... talking about. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Well, no agreement on that. No agreement on that. I also stressed the importance of peace and stability in the Taiwan Straits. It's clear that we object to, be, to Beijing's non-market economic practices and disadvantage that, that disadvantage American businesses and workers, and then we'll continue. Okay, somebody wrote that for him. He has no idea yeah, what that means. No, no, he no has clue. no idea what that is in practice. What that means, he has no clue. That's just words on a teleprompter. He, there's no way that he addressed that face to face with him because he doesn't even know what that is. Continue to address them, and I named what I thought a number of those were. I welcome the positive steps we've taken today, 
and it's important for the world to see that we're implementing the approach in the best traditions of American diplomacy. Sign language, ladies. Like, we're talking to our competitors <laughs> and the key uh, and, and just just talking, just made blunt like, with one another. So there's no misunderstanding. <laughs> as a key element to maintaining global stability and delivering for the American people. And in the months ahead, we're going to continue to preserve and pursue high-level diplomacy of the PRC big hands. in both directions. Does, right? yeah. Keep the lines of communication <laughs> open, including between President Xi and me. He and I agreed that each one of us could pick up the phone, call directly, and we'd be heard immediately. How about COVID? Any accountability for that? Uh, now I'd like to be able to take some questions, if I may. And I'm told... Dimitri of the Financial Times has the first question. Oh, good. Uh, thank you. And as an Irishman, I apologize for bringing the rain. Well, holy God, I wouldn't have called on you if I'd known that. Boy, go ahead. Fire right. What an President Biden, given that America is playing a key role in two major global crises in Ukraine and in Gaza, Ariot, has that altered your previous commitment <laughs> to defend Taiwan from any Chinese military action? And did Xi Jinping outline the conditions under which China would attack Taiwan? Look, I reiterate what I've said since I've become president and what every previous president of late has said. Rabbit. That uh, we, uh, we maintain the agreement that there is a one-China policy. And that uh, and I'm not going to uh, change that. That's not going to change. And so uh, that's about the extent to which we discussed it. <laughs> which means he did <laughs> exactly. Which means he knows he can do whatever uh, he wants. Next question, sorry, was Bloomberg. God, that's the next question. Oh, Mike Bloomberg is here. He's going to ask me a question. It appears, among other issues, that your agreement with uh, President Xi over fentanyl would require will require a lot of trust and verification to ensure success curbing those drug flows. I'm wondering, after today, and considering all that You're you've right, been through in the past year, did you say, Mr. I mean, it, it really is amazing, Fran. Can I just take a moment that all the money we all spend and get, the government takes in, that we cannot get two microphones and two speakers that work and sound like, it's just every White House event is the same thing. The audio is terrible. What are you talking about? It sounds wrong to me. President, that you trust President Xi? And secondly, if I could... On Taiwan, uh, you've, you and your administration officials have warned President Xi in China about interference in the upcoming elections. I'm wondering what would the consequences be if they do, in fact, interfere in the election? Well, I may have had that discussion with them, too, made it clear I didn't expect any interference, any at all. Yeah, sure you we did. had that discussion as, as he was leaving. Look, do I trust you? I trust but verify, as that old saying goes. Oh. That's where I am. Where'd you get that from? And, yeah. uh, you know, uh, we're in a competitive relationship, China and the United He's States. He's reading every one of these but, responses. Uh, yeah. My responsibility is to, uh, to make, it, uh, make this rational and manageable so it, uh, so it doesn't result in conflict. That's what I'm all about. That's what this is about. To find a place where we uh, can come together oh, and uh, where oh, we God. find mutual interest that... Uh, but most importantly, from my perspective, this is embarrassing. In, how, how, how can people. this, how can this they is claim about. that this guy has? has that's exactly his, his what we'll do. Facilities. Uh, he needs you know, to read. Uh, we're in a situation where pre we agreed that fentanyl and its precursors will be Sick. curbed substantially, and the pill presses. That's a big. That's Look, a big movement. Now he's presses. just going They're back. Doing, uh, I mean, he has no thoughts at this point. To even answer the question that was asked. No. Nope. He's got a specific set of notes. 
He's already gone through the notes. So now he's going back to the top and talking about the fentanyl again, which is, has nothing to do with the question she asked. This guy is totally gone. I mean, we're, I'll tell you, we are. And man. by the President way, President uh, Xi's got to be leaving I'm here tonight okay. just chuckling. I guess chuckling. I shouldn't identify where it occurred, but John, I know uh, two people near where I live. Here we go. Here's a story that's made up. Strange. They woke up dead. They woke up dead. Inserted in whether the young man did or not. Inserted in a drug he was taking fentanyl. Again, I don't. You know, woke up dead. I've known a lot of people in my life. None of them that I know have woken up dead. This is the largest killer. People in that age category, and you know, they woke up dead. I guess the other thing I think is most important <laughs> is that... Uh, you know what? He wakes up dead every since day. I, I spent yes. more time with President Xi than any world leader. Oh, oh, my this so here we go. We back vice to the... Oh, God. Get out the screen, oh. you moron. Oh, my God. This oh, is my goodness. so bad. Oh. It just goes from bad to worse. Oh. I'm up. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I woke up dead today, and woke I was like, oh, I'm so tired. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to go to work. Oh, I think you're was, dead tired. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> ever now we know to be dead tired. You ever feel dead on your feet? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Dead in the bed. about Birch Gold. This has been uh, one heck of a commercial break. <laughs> we'll get back to that. Uh, well, we're up against another government shutdown later this month, and our wise leaders deal with it how they always do, which, of course, is more spending, while lawmakers are high-fiving. <laughs> Your savings got woke up dead. I mean, I just, I mean, I just don't know what to say. I, I just don't. They woke up dead. I, I mean, I just don't even... I don't know. Well, your money's going to wake up dead. Investing gold. Oh, my God. Uh, more spending while lawmakers are high-fiving. Your savings account continues to lose value because more spending weakens the dollar. Well, some would say it kills the dollar. You know what I'm saying? End the cycle. Diversify into gold with the help of our friends from Birch Gold. And listen, when you open a gold IRA for every $10,000 you spend by December 22nd, Birch Gold will send you a free gold bar. Just text America to 989898. Claim your eligibility before Black Friday. Birch Gold can help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a gold IRA for no money out of pocket. And you still get to keep the free gold bars. Don't let your savings become a victim of the further devaluation of the dollar. Text America to 989898. Receive a free information kit on gold and claim your eligibility before Black Friday to receive free gold bars on your qualified purchase from our friends at Birch Gold. Uh, text America to 989898. 18 past the hour, live from Studio 6B. <laughs> Just one more time for all of you who yes. let it slip by. 
case you missed it. This is what happens when you try to improvise on the fly and you're 180 years old and you've been up for 12 hours and you have nothing to say. Listen to this dude. This might be this might be an all time this is yeah. this is this is an all timer. <laughs> this is epic. This is going into the sound yes. bank. This is going into the sound bank of Biden. Uh, this is an all timer. And the pill presses. That's a big that's a big movement. They're doing uh, and by the way, uh, you know, I won't I guess I shouldn't identify where it occurred, but John, I know uh, two people near where I live. Their kids literally, as I said, uh, strange experience, they woke up dead. Someone had inserted in, whether he, the young man did or not, inserted in uh, uh, a drug he was taking, fentanyl. Again, I, I don't, I hope you don't have any experience with knowing anyone, but this is the largest killer, people in that age category. And, uh, you know, uh, I guess the other thing I think is most important <laughs> is that uh, dead. since I've, I spent more time oh my with God. President Xi than any world leader has, just because oh we were oh vice president. He's going back to the hits. Uh, his president uh, was President Who. I'm not making a joke. President Who and uh, and President Obama thought we should get to know one another. Oh Wasn't appropriate for the president of the United States to be walking dealing with the vice president. So we met. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was 68 hours of just face-to-face, -face, just us and a simultaneous interpreter. So I, I think I, I know the man. I know his modus operandi. He's been uh, — we have disagreements. He has a different view than I have on a lot of things. But he's been straight. I don't mean that it's good, bad, or indifferent. He's just been straight. And uh, so, uh, you know, uh, we — as I said, the thing that I, I find most assuring is he raised, and I fully agree, that either one of us have any concern, Mr. Ambassador, any concern about anything between our nations or happening in our region, we should pick up the phone and call one another, and we'll take the call. That's an important progress. It's uh, important progress. I am embarrassed. I think it's CBS, but I can't remember who is CBS. I'm sorry. I'm embarrassed. Uh, Mr. President. Oh. Good day. <laughs> oh, Sorry. Goodness. I apologize. They didn't write it down I on the sheet, in other words. Yeah. Stress or not. And this is the Biden press conference. Nothing the works, including his brain. Because <laughs> his brain woke up dead. Brain dead. Aircraft. <laughs> Listen to this. And of course, if that does not count, and what got and issue warning? Uh, I can't. I, I, I just can't. It's terrible. Enough. Enough. I can't. Yeah, it's bad. It's just, it's just bad. Holy moly! Yeah. We were having a good chuckle though in between. Oh my Oof. god! I laughed so hard I didn't think I could even do the Birch Gold read. <laughs> I laughed so hard in the break. Yeah. All right, let's do some sports. Sports is brought to you by Mike Lindell and My Pillow. Use our code LFS6B at checkout. It'll save you 10 to 60% off all the great stuff as you do your holiday shopping. Slick Rick, what's going on? Somewhere in there, there's a sad story, Big D, but man, that was just unbelievable. Man, uh, it's, it, just, it's just, I mean, it's so embarrassing. It is. It's so embarrassing. It's, 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 it just makes you angry. It makes you embarrassed. There's so many emotions when you watch this guy. It's, it's a joke to, to think that this did anything today, that we got anything done other than laughed at, walked on, and kicked around. That's proof that that's exactly what happened right there. Guy has no idea where he is, no idea who he's talking to. 
and he's telling stories that he has no business telling. He's making stuff up about people waking up dead. <laughs> Dangerous. <laughs> Wake up dead. Wake up dead, which Ugh. seems like the ultimate oxymoron. <clears throat> so. <laughs> oh, man. Well, let's get to some sports. Well, frustrated Bill fans brawl in the stands during lost. What is going on at these games? <laughs> these people are fighting in the stands, throwing each other down the stairs. Absolutely crazy. Dylan Gwynn and Breitbart. Bill's fans are thoroughly frustrated after their team's third loss in the last four games, and they've begun taking it out on one another. In this particular instance, several Bill's fans seem to take issue with a fan in a Josh Allen jersey. I had issue with that guy, Josh Allen, the other night. At least two fans made a move on the fan wearing a number 17, and to his credit, the fan stood his ground and dished out some punishing blows. At one point during the scrum, a fan in a Thurman Thomas jersey talk about a holdover, uh, tried to get involved and found himself tumbling down the stairs. It's unknown what precipitated the fisticuffs, but then again, we really know how these NFL stadium fights start. All we know is the Bills are not happy, very happy this year, and uh, their fans are evidently unhappy about it. Denver defeated Buffalo 24-22, 5-5 now on the season, on the outside looking in at a playoff spot. Here's one big D. South Africa, deadly giant cobra invades golf course. This is Paul Boy of Breitbart. A golf course in South Africa had a bit of a pest problem this week when a giant cobra invaded the fairway, adopting an aggressive posture. Video of the incident wherein the Cape Cobra, one of Africa's deadliest snakes, could be seen slithering across the grass in an upright position. As to what caused the venomous cobra to leave the nearby vegetation, social media users speculated it may have been to evade a predator. A mongoose could actually be seen lurking in the background. According to the New York Post, no golfer suffered a bite from the cobra, which is known as one of the South Africa's most dangerous snakes, responsible for the most fatal snake bites in the region, along with the black mamba. The critter is dangerous due to its highly uh, neurotoxic venom and a penchant for infiltrating homes and other places frequented by people. It noted in April, a South African pilot had to make an emergency landing after a Cape Cobra surreptitiously grabbed a lift on his plane uh, and crawled up his shirt, evoking a frightening scene from the movie Snakes of a Plane. <laughs> so anyway, Big D, we all seen on the links, and I've seen a golfer throwing a hissy fit, but that's going a little bit overboard. And that's a wrap in sports, Big D. Back to you. All right, Slick Rick, very good. So there's a lot going on in D.C. tonight. You have pro-Palestinian, pro-terrorist um, sympathizers trying to break into the DNC building, I guess, or DNC Whoa. headquarters. Uh, there's some wild footage out on social media tonight, and Congressman Brad Sherman, who I am um, not a huge fan of, but just said, I was just evacuated from the DNC after pro-terrorist anti-Israel protesters grew violent, pepper-spraying police officers and attempting to break into the building, thankful to the police officers who stopped. They, of course, all the Democrats are thankful when the police are there to save them. Right. Uh, thankful to the police officers who stopped them and for helping me and my colleagues get out to safety. Apparently, these pro-Hamas demonstrators want, Repu- <clears throat> want Republicans to prevail in the next congressional election. Oh, so they're trying to link the pro-Palestinians, the, the terrorists, with Republicans. I couldn't it. just leave it after. Thanks to the police for it. getting me to safety. Had, yeah. to add, had to throw that one in there. Hi, right, live from Studio 6B. More news with Delgado coming up right after this.
side, 30 minutes past the hour. Live from Studio 6B on a Wednesday. We'll get to uh, Representative Clay Higgins with the FBI director. We'll get to that testimony today if we have time here in the last half hour of the show. Uh, some other things to get to if we have time. Chip Roy, fed up with the fake Republican Party being fake-controlled opposition on the CR. Uh, if we have time, we'll get to that. Did you see Rashida Tlaib? Member of a secret Facebook group. Did you see this? Oh, oh, she's going to get exposed by uh, Nikki Haley now. Ah. Can't be secrets. Rashida Tlaib, member of a secret Facebook group where Hamas terrorists are glorified. Are you, and raise your hand if you're shocked by this. Oh, uh, nobody. No. Oh, exactly. So, uh, all right, let's mm. do some news. And uh, here with the news is Rick Delgado. News is brought to you by our friends over at 7Cells. Seven 7Cells.com. Seven Check them out. S-E-V-E-N-C-E-L-L-S. 7Cells.com. Use our code LFS6B at checkout. It'll save you 20% off at uh, at checkout. So uh, what's going on, Delgado? All right. Well, this is a story that I teased a little bit earlier, and it's a continuation of a story we talked about yesterday as well. Uh, we always knew that the Paul Pelosi break-in story was just plain weird, with none of it seeming to make sense. But yeah. now, according to several outlets and sources, this story has just gotten that much weirder. That's because, according to the New York Post in court testimony, the Paul Pelosi hammer attacker planned to wear an inflatable unicorn costume to break into the house. Are you, are you, man? Planned to wear inflatable unicorn costume to break into home? Yes. See, and I made sure to include the headline because I knew you wouldn't See, believe no. it. I like that. I like that. I, I guess a someone initiative there to give Aaron the headline. I like that. Though, I guess God. someone was horny. Uh, David DePape planned to wear an inflatable <laughs> uniform costume in his tussle with Pelosi and broke sure. into the home to speak to Nancy Pelosi about Russian involvement because nothing says you're serious about talking about Russians and being in a unicorn outfit. <laughs> uh, about the 2016 election, he testified in court on Tuesday. <laughs> A tearful. What is, what is this? A junior? What even is that tonight? Yeah, what is going on here? Yeah, yeah. a little bit. Uh, a tearful debate <laughs> said his plan was to get the former House Speaker and other famous targets to admit their corruption. <laughs> Another one. What? Uh, one. To admit their corruption and eventually get President Joe Biden to pardon the group. And wait a second. What? Uh, Aaron, did you? Is this? Uh, do I have to go to the post and find this, or is this a Photoshop deal from uh, Delgado here? I don't know what you're talking. That's so not you your can face. Set up it? these is four it? pictures. It's real. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, okay. And things revealed in testimony have been made even less odd. Haven't been made less odd by the recent revelation of what Paul's attacker reportedly chose <laughs> to bring with him that night when he went to Pelosi's house. This, according to San Francisco Police Acting Lieutenant O'Connor. Remember when I said he brought the? <laughs> This is my favorite, by the way. Now we're talking. I think this was uh, taken uh, just before uh, the police came in. Uh, I just remember when I said he brought an inflatable uniform, uh, unicorn costume. Well, it wasn't exactly all that he brought because he also brought along. Check this out. He brought a sledgehammer. (laughs) He brought zip ties. He brought gloves, duct tape, cash, a Canadian passport, a Canadian birth certificate, some men's clothing fashions. A video game console, probably an Xbox, and two, count them, two, not one, but two inflatable multicolor unicorn costumes. 
that's because, well, in 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 this game, I guess you have to get ridden first for this to be fun, right? <laughs> According to the FBI special agent, Stephanie Miner, who was also investigating the case, DePape started gathering the items for the attack two months ago, uh, or I said two months beforehand in August of 2022. He also purchased body cameras. USB memory sticks, a large backpack, and a sleeping bag because I guess he was planning a sleepover after the 2 a.m. naked hammer unicorn fight club party (laughs) that he was going to have since Nancy was out of town. That's when she revealed, the FBI agent, that the FBI also found the two inflatable unicorn costumes and a box of crayons, but she didn't explain the purpose of those crayons. Um, Of course, everyone knows that you used to use those crayons to say, show me Paul on the unicorn where the horn goes. Uh, DePape faces life in prison if convicted on these federal charges of attempting kidnapping of a federal official. And DePape is also facing another attempted murder charge in a separate state case. He has pled not guilty to and is awaiting a trial date for that. So if this case couldn't get any weirder, Unicorn Gate. Oh my God! Pin I'm the going, tail on I'm, Pelosi. I'm at the New York Post right now. I, I, I just <laughs> this can't be real. This is a real story. This is a what even is, this because because you didn't do a what even is that you and Aaron uh, like put no. this together. No, this is a real story. You can also check out the Mercury News has a great uh, article on this as well because I, I took some from there as well. Okay. <laughs> I believe you. I haven't found it yet, but I'm going to keep looking while you do more news. I'll send you the link if you'd like. Um, Got any other news? (laughs) (laughs) What follows that, I'm wondering? I have no idea. Well, uh, I'm not waking up dead. I'll tell you Prince Albert in a can. (laughs) (laughs) You got any of those? Believe me, it's a a real story. Oh, my God. Here it is. He found it. Here it is. It's It's crazy. Here it is. You found it. Paul yep. Pelosi, hammer attacker, planned to wear inflatable unicorn costume to break into the home. This is actually on the, in the New York Post. Yes. Now, why are their pictures different than yours? Uh, because they don't have as good of pictures as I do. I got some really good ones. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, yeah. uh, going back to a story we were talking about yesterday as well, the Secret Service has reportedly found <laughs> DNA. Nick387 says, wake up, dead, get your horny unicorn costume, <laughs> lick the world, and fall on a banana in the tail, and fall or a banana in the tailpipe. Yeah. Yep, it's about right. You know oh. what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, we got it, Joe. Jumping back to a story that we also talked about yesterday, um, one that I had a theory on, uh, Coke Gate. Cocaine gate, whatever you want to call it. Secret Service now is admitting that, well, they found DNA on the White House cocaine baggie. What? Yes. The Secret Service uh, reportedly found DNA from the cocaine baggie discovered in the White House on July 2nd after the agency said it was unable to identify who smuggled the drug into one of the most secure buildings in the entire world. This is from Breitbart. The reporter, uh, the reported DNA raises questions about if Americans were told the truth when the Secret Service alleged no fingerprints or DNA turned up on the baggie found in the lobby of the White House. According to a FOIA request filed by uh, Fox News, Jesse Waters, of all people, uh, an envelope with three tubes of DNA, which Waters says came from the baggie, is in the possession of the Secret Service. Waters said the uh, FOIA request shows the DNA tubes are in a vault for preservation. I don't know. Maybe that's uh, is that the Secret Service's way of saying uh, we, we've got a, a get out of jail free card in the future if we need it. I don't know. Uh, Secret Service has responded uh, over the White House cocaine investigation. Uh, we 
It says, we now know that they've been lying to us. This is coming from uh, Jesse Waters. Uh, lying to us about everything after telling us they didn't find any DNA and destroying a bag of Coke. The documents tell us there were three tubes of DNA that they didn't destroy. Um, the mystery surrounding the so-called Coke gate raises more questions, uh, highlighting the changing location of where the Secret Service located the substance. Remember, uh, initially the substance was found in the White House Library, reported by the New York Times July the 4th. Uh, Reuters moved it to a cubbyhole near the Situation Room on July the 5th, and then the Associated Press reported the baggie found in the lobby area uh, on July the 13th. And, of course, you know, the photos emerging yesterday uh, coincide with the latest spin, or should I say cover-up, of the cocaine gate at the White House. All right, let's quickly get to some of Clay Higgins with the FBI director today before we run out of time. Here's a little bit of that. Director Ray. Last year, you might recall, sir, our exchange regarding the FBI's involvement on January 6th and prior. I'm happy to jog your memory to quote, according to the record, I asked you, did you have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters positioned inside the Capitol on January 6th prior to the doors being opened? You responded, I quote, again, I have to be very careful of what I say. To which I said, it should be a no. Can you not tell the American people, no, we did not have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters positioned inside the Capitol on January 6th? A year has passed. We sit here again a year later. We, the people, still do not have a definitive answer from you or anyone else in the Biden administration regarding the FBI presence and participation in the months leading up to the November election and in the weeks and days prior to January 6th and on January 6th here in D.C. We can't get a straight answer, although we have a tremendous amount of evidence harvested and reviewed over the course of the last year, which you will see in September Stephen D'Artano, formerly in charge of the FBI's field office in Washington, D.C., testified to the House Judiciary Committee that he was aware the FBI informants would attend the Stop the Steal rally thrown on January 6th. You confirmed that the FBI had confidential human sources at the Stop the Steal rally on January 6th here in D.C., sir? Congressman, as we've discussed before, I'm not going to get into where we have or have not used confidential human sources. But what okay, I can we'll tell move you, on. you asked for a definitive We'll move answer. on. It's my time. You said no. You're not going to answer. That's cool. We're watching. Mr. Chairman, may you're, I answer you're, the question? The moment, moment will come. This is my time. Earlier this year, an FBI informant who is reported to have, quote, his quote, under oath, March to the U.S. Capitol with fellow Proud Boys members on January 6th. Close quote. He said he was communicating with his FBI handler while people were entering the U.S. Capitol. Can you confirm that the FBI had that sort of engagement with your own agents embedded within the crowd on January 6th? 
If you are asking whether the violence at the Capitol on January 6th was part of some operation orchestrated by FBI sources and or agents, the answer is emphatically You're saying no? No. You're saying no? Not violence orchestrated by FBI sources or agents. Are you familiar with, with, you know what a ghost vehicle is? Director, director of the FBI certainly should. You know what a ghost bus is? A ghost bus? Ghost bus. I'm not sure I've used that term before. Okay. He knows. He knows. It's pretty common in, in law enforcement. It's a vehicle that's that's used for secret purposes. It's painted over. These two buses in the middle here, they were the first to arrive at Union Station on January 6th. 0500. I have all this evidence. I'm showing you a tip of this iceberg. Mr. Chairman. These two buses See what happens, are painted Chairman. completely white. Watch this. Point of order. Point of order. Sure. Just run over the time. I understand, but you'll recall that Ms. Jackson Lee's been allowed to go two minutes before. I've been very fair in letting people finish their questioning throughout my tenure as chairman, and I'll continue to be fair on that regard. But I will make a note to the members, if you could stay as close within your time as possible, we have a lot of people that want to ask these gentlemen questions. So with that, the gentleman yields. But uh, your your point, I've been very fair in this, Mr. Ivey, uh, with everybody on this side of the aisle just as much. I don't think I accuse you of being unfair, Mr. Uh, Chairman. Uh, you're, you're making a point. point. He just okay. wants them to shut up. Yeah. Uh, I now recognize, now recognize Mr. May Ray. I close this, this statement, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. No, I, I, think, I think your time is expired, Mr. I note that, that other members across the aisle have been, been granted time, and I object well, to, my, to my question being, well, being closed. This is a very significant hearing, Mr. Chairman, and these buses are nefarious in nature and were filled with FBI informants dressed as Trump supporters. And that's you the deployed point. Deployed onto our Capitol on January 6th. And that's the point. And that's why they wanted to cut them off. Wow. Yeah. Hi, live from Studio 6B. We're back right after this. Studio 6B, 13th of the hour. Do some more sports news before we wrap it up. Boy, that's an interesting exchange, though, with Clay Higgins, huh? Oh, yeah. I guess it went on from there. I didn't see the whole clip, but um, I guess it kind of got kind of testy in there because the Democrats, were they, well, they knew they had to protect their guy over at the FBI because this was getting a little too uncomfortable. Well, uh, the thing American people were seeing some things that maybe they hadn't seen before. And weren't supposed to see. Uh, and what was really telling was when he made the comment that – I've got all this other evidence. This is just the tip of the iceberg, he said. So, you know what? I, I hope it is, uh, you know, that they don't say, oh, it's just the tip of the iceberg, and then we don't see anything else. I hope he's got more more receipts to bring to this, uh, to this party because I think we deserve to see it. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's do some more sports and news before we wrap it up on a Wednesday. Let's do sports. Sports is brought to you by Mike Lindell and MyPillow. If you shop at MyPillow, uh, for the holidays, not only will you get a great savings with our code, but if you send us your confirmation email that you used our code and send it to us, we see it. Uh, you can pick something out from live from Studio6B.com. Unfortunately, the Slick Rick calendar will not be something that you can pick out because that's just about gone. I think we've yeah. got about 100 or so left. Don't Dang. hold out much longer. Um, so that's obviously not part of the giveaway, but all the other clothing on the website is. Send us your email. Tell us what you want. We'll send it to you free 
as a bonus for using our code over and supporting Mike Lindell at MyPillow. Slick Rick, what's going on? All right, quick look at the scoreboard. NBA, Celtics taking care of business in Philly. 113-105 minutes to go there in the fourth quarter. Looks like that game is all but over. And the uh, Knicks and the Hawks in a good one. Knicks lead 112-110 down in Atlanta. 34 seconds to go in the fourth there. Also in the fourth, the Bucks 123-103 over the Raptors. Just about put to bed there. Magic over the Bulls, 73-57. That's in the third. And in the second... The uh, Suns over to Timberwolves, 52-34. Uh, final from earlier tonight down in Washington. The Mavs over the Wizards, 130-117. to NHL action, just a couple of games rocking and rolling tonight. We got the um, Flyers over the Hurricanes, 3-1 to with 11 minutes to go in the third. No score cracking, and Oilers just uh, in the second period there. Avalanche over the Ducks, 2-1. to End of one. Islanders and Canucks coming up, 10-10. Puck drop. And, uh, well, yeah, kind of cute story here. We're talking NBA tonight. NBA player announces the first basketball sneaker with visible Bible verses on it. This is from the Western Journal's Michael Schwarz. Christian conservatives who have abandoned woke professional sports should take a second look. If they do, they will find a few bright stars proclaiming truth. For instance, power forward Jonathan Isaac of the NBA's Orlando Magic has announced the imminent arrival of what he called the first basketball sneaker with visible Bible verses. Uh, An outspoken and, and courageous Christian Isaac made the announcement in a video posted Monday on X, formerly Twitter. The basketball star has called his new signature shoe the Judah One. Most people see the Judah One as an outlandish endeavor. However, shoot, when we first started, so did I. I was afraid that delivering a sneaker that represented our values without compromising style or performance was too tall a task, Isaac posted. But here we are. The first basketball sneaker with visible Bible verses becomes available in just three days to be a part of history. Sign up on the link and pick those up. If Christians like the idea of a Bible-themed basketball shoe, uh, then how, how could they not? Uh, then they will adore as Isaac's promotional video. To live bold means standing up for what you believe in, the basketball star said. He then explained that he wanted to give people the freedom to wear their values on their feet. So yeah, a nice you know, nice story about a young man making a statement with Bible verses on there. I think that's kind of cool. And uh, last but not least, WBA officially ranks Francis Ngano after close loss to Tyson Fury. Man fought one fight, and he's ranked now 10th by the WBC as a heavyweight fighter, Big D. Boy, I think talk that about says it. more about boxing than it does anything else. I know. It doesn't say much, but I had to get that in there. So good move for Angano. And that's a wrap in sports, Big D. Back to you. I uh, just want to point out the U.S. Capitol Police just put something on X. It says, right now, our officers are working to keep back approximately 150 people who are illegally and violently protesting in the area of Canal Street and Ivy Street. Southeast officers are making arrests. All members have been evacuated from the area. Please stay away from the area. Well, not all members have been because Anna Paulina Luna just also tweeted, my husband, my newborn, and I are in my office in the Capitol, which just went into lockdown because of these uncontrolled protesters. I bet you won't hear a word of this from the media. Well, you're hearing about it here. And Daniel Horowitz says, I'm sure the people participating tonight in the Hamas surrection will be held without bail and solitary confinement for months. Well, yeah. Wouldn't hold my breath on that, but you get the point. Um, all right, so we'll keep track of that. Um, let's do a little more news before we wrap it up on a Wednesday. News is brought to you by Seven Cells. What's going on, Delgado? All right, well, over in the land of the Democrats, looks like New Hampshire is going to buck Biden and the National Democrats. This this story just breaking, and they're deciding, you know what, we're going to uh, set 
uh, our 2024 presidential primary date before they want us to have it. New Hampshire's Secretary of State says the date of his state's presidential primary will be January 23rd, putting it in, quote unquote, violation of the Democrats nominating calendar. The crucial general election battleground state of New Hampshire is upholding tradition and disregarding lightly penalties from national Democrats by holding its presidential primary first after they were told not to. A nearly year-long battle between New Hampshire and the DNC over the timing of the state's century-old first-in-the-nation presidential primary came to a culmination earlier today. And that's when the state of New Hampshire said the date of the New Hampshire first-in-the-nation presidential primary will be January 23rd. And uh, the date that Scanlon announced, that is Dave Scanlon, he's the Secretary of State, formally put the state out of compliance with the DNC's 2024 presidential nominating calendar. Uh, the state's now going to face sanctions, they say, which could result the loss of half of uh, New Hampshire's delegates for the next summer. Next summer's national convention, holding an unsanctioned primary that has led President Biden to keep his name off the New Hampshire ballot. So that's an interesting move there. And uh, you know what? Good for, good for New Hampshire. This is a tradition for them. They've always been first. Why are we going to stop now? Because they don't because they don't think uh, uh, a, a poor showing by Joe Biden is what they want to show the country. Well, too bad. Too bad. So sad. So there you have it coming from the land of the Democrats. One more quick one uh, reveals a little bit more about Democrats. Controversial far left prosecutor in Virginia who received enormous backing from liberal billionaire George Soros has been defeated. Despite significantly outspending her opponent, Loudoun County Commonwealth Attorney Betta, whatever her name is, uh, whom Soros has backed with nearly a million since 2019, lost to the Republican opponent, Bob Anderson, by 300 votes in a race that wrapped up counting its uh, remaining ballots from last week's Tuesday's election, according to Fox and D.C. We are finished. We are awaiting the certification. Our election board is working with the signed abstracts and reviewing paperwork, the Loudoun County election official said. This is the closest Commonwealth attorney race in Loudoun history. Following the canvas process, Buddha, tra- Buddha trails by 300 votes out of more than 136,000 cast. Uh, our campaign is reviewing the results, and we expect to make a decision shortly on the next steps. But it looks like she has lost, and it's a uh, big loss for George Soros and, uh, you know, a, a nice uh, waste of uh, more than $1 million. So can't ask for a better outcome than that. Yeah. So Tucker did a... Um Tucker had put out a new uh, episode of his Tucker on X show with uh, Candace Owens. And um, in it, he was talking about, I guess, people's reaction to October 7th and what happened in Israel. And here, here's one of the clips, from, from the sound clips from it. There's also, I can't help but notice that I, I, your views reflect mine, I would say, pretty much. I'm, I'm an American. I was horrified by what happened on October 7th. I also think it was pretty strange. Um, I don't really understand how it happened, but innocents died, and that's awful. And I hated watching that. I feel so sorry for the Israelis um, who were killed. However, there's an emotional response that is disproportionate, I think, on the part of some commentators. I mean, our country's being invaded right now by millions of young men whose identities we don't know, who probably don't even like America, and they're now living here. Over 100,000 Americans die every year of fentanyl. I've known a couple. Those are real tragedies. I've never seen anything like the emotion from any commentator around those tragedies as I'm watching about a foreign tragedy. I think. Yeah. So um, I, I don't know. That's maybe the first time that I listened to him and think, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. What, what is the equivalence between those two statements? 
um, invasion and death, I guess, maybe. He's trying to equate it. How come nobody's upset about that, but they're upset about what happened in uh, Israel? Could be. I don't know. All right, as always, we salute our military, active and active police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, everybody on the front lines protecting us. Thanks, guys, on the show. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Fran. Most of all, thank you to live from Studio 6B Audience. We'll see you tomorrow night on a Thursday right here at Real America's Voice. We'll see you then.